This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Necessary Roughness, brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, TJ, I know you're as excited as I am to uh, continue the discussion about the Detroit Lions currently sitting at 1-5. and five. No wins on the road. No wins on the road for Dan Campbell in his tenure so far uh, with the Lions. But I think the story yesterday was missed opportunities and the fact that the Detroit Lions continue to shoot themselves in the foot. Five turnovers. Penalties at inopportune times. Whether you agree with the penalties or not, they're still called. And it was just all in all a frustrating game. What was it like in Jerry's world when it was going on? Oh, man. I went from being, you know, pissed off yesterday to today just like sad. Just like a blue Monday. (laughs) The weather's gorgeous outside, you know. It's like the last night's day of fall. And I'm just sad. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like, oh, man, like, again, here we go. You know, and yesterday, man, it was just, oh, God, this team is just so confusing and so Jekyll and Hyde and so up and down where, you know, the first four games, what was the storyline? You know, defense, just get a couple stops, man. You know, offense is playing well. Just get a couple stops. Now it's like offense, just score, like, a touchdown, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it's like such the Eight complete no touchdown. It's just such the complete flip flop where, you know, they just do not know how to put a game together. You know, as a team, I mean, you've had great performances from one side of the ball. You know, mostly the offense to start the season, and then yesterday, look, man, I thought the defense was really, really good, uh, close to outstanding. You know, you hold. Dallas to, you know, what, three points in the first half. You held them to 10 for a long time until your offense just started spitting the ball up left and right and, you know, giving Dallas short fields um, with the 14 late points coming off the turnovers. Uh, I thought the defense was really well, uh, really, really good. And that's just so disappointing because, like, all season we've just been waiting for that defense to take the step, you know what I mean, so this team can compete a little bit more. And then your offense just comes out and – Quite frankly, just lays another egg, man. Six points, you know, that's just, that's horrible. That's terrible football. And, you know, I, I hate to, you, you always sit here and anytime you lose a game like that, you can't pin it on one person. You know, it's obviously a team effort. It's an offensive effort when it's that bad. But, you know, my initial reaction was Jared Goff's got to be better, man. He just does. Like the, you talked about, 
you know, missing opportunities. And obviously, you know, the first one that sticks out is, you know, you missed an opportunity with Brock Wright to get in the end zone, you know, to lay out and, and get that, get those points. Okay, it doesn't happen, whatever, first and goal from the one, and you fumble the ball, you know, immediately. And it's just like you talk about missed opportunities, that's the first one. You know, there's other plays where, you know, I thought Ben Johnson called some really, really time good, timely plays. You know, six minutes left in the second half, you're moving the ball well, second and two, you call a shot play, and it's there. I mean, the protection's great. Khalif Raymond runs a great route. You get the exact defense you wanted on a deep post route that's a touchdown, you know, 99% of the time in this league. Uh, Jared Goff doesn't even look at him. He drops back to 10 yards, kind of drifts sideways, and takes a stupid sack. And now you're looking at third and 12. You know, like, it's just like the little things that, that are adding up right now around this offense are just, they're so easily avoidable. You know what I mean? And when you watch Jared Goff just... Uh, not playing confident, not playing with that swag that we saw throughout the first four weeks, man, that's got to be a concern. And look, we talk about the injuries. We talk about, you know, obviously it hurt that DJ Chark goes on IR. You're not, he's not going to be available for a while. Um, you talk about Amon Ross St. Brown going out after, you know, one catch, uh, missing the rest of the game and going yeah. into concussion protocol. Like, that's not ideal. You talk about, you know, I, I thought that, you know, maybe when they heard Sunday morning that Swift wasn't playing was probably a bit of a momentum killer, you know, because all week he was trending uh, to at least be available for you, maybe on a pitch count on Sunday. And then all of a sudden, you know, hour and a half before the game, oh, he's not playing. It's like, man, that's that's kind of a you know that's kind of a, a stab to the gut a little bit, but it doesn't matter, man. Like you, you still got to go out there and produce, and and you got to make the easy plays. You got to make the plays that are available for you. And uh, Jared Goff's just not doing it, man. I don't think he's seeing the field very well right now. I don't think he's trusting his protection um, right now, and I, I just think that he's taking what feels like a big step back throughout the first four games. And, and the worst part about it is, you know, he's turning the ball over at an alarming rate. I mean, four, four more turnovers yesterday, you know, just from him with the two fumbles and the two interceptions. Like, they just, you just, you're never going to win a football game playing that way, and you're never going to win a football game in Detroit uh, this year playing that way because you don't have the you don't have the talent and you don't have the players that can make up for that, you know? So um, that was kind of my initial reaction coming out of the game is just, man, I feel like, uh, I'm not putting it all on Jared Goff, but I feel like, you know, he's got to be a whole lot better. Is Goff the biggest change? Because four weeks in, everybody's looking at this offense going, my God, look at all the points that they're scoring. And now all of a sudden over two weeks, two games, by week in the middle, that they haven't scored a touchdown in eight quarters. Is Goff the biggest change from the first four weeks to what we've seen over the last two games? I, I think so. Yeah, I think it's clear. You know, I think the first four games, like, there was just a different uh, – there was a different vibe around him. You know, like, he was playing confident. He, he like, looked like he had some swag to him. You know, like, I'm going to go out here and make plays and good luck stopping me. You know, the last couple games we haven't seen that. I think he got – rattled pretty good in in new england you know i think that in new england game i mean the offensive line that wasn't their best day you know by any means i mean golf took more hits uh, than we've seen all season but just because you have one bad game doesn't mean it's going to happen every time you know what i mean like when you actually slow the game down you go back and rewatch it like the offensive line played really really well yesterday uh, against a very good defensive front uh, that the cowboys have i mean micah parsons you know didn't make a huge impact on that game um, until late, you know, when I, I don't know, he had a sack late, you know, when you're already down 
<laughs> 18 points. I mean, right. woohoo, right? I mean, the biggest play he made was, you know, hawking down Brock Wright to save that touchdown, um, which was a huge play. But, you know, he didn't make the impact when it came to to, to the pass rush and the passing game. And, and Jared Goff just kind of seemed like, oh, Demarcus Lawrence, oh, Micah Parsons, oh, some of these guys they have, like, I'm going to have to get rid of the ball quick. Like, no, you don't, man. The offense, you got a, you got a really good offensive line. Yeah. you got to trust those guys, you know. And there was – I think it might have even been the first third down of the game. Um, you know, he drops back. He doesn't even take, like, a second to just get the ball – like, just chuck the ball out of his hand. And it's like, man, like, the protection's really good, man. Just trust it. You know what I mean? So that, to me, that change that um, – you know, he, he, I know he's missing a couple of his, his, his key players, but – uh, you still have one of the best offensive lines in the league, in my opinion, and you still got to trust those guys that they're going to keep you upright, you know, because they have. Yeah. They have been. They had one bad game against New England where they got beat a couple times, and a lot of that was scheme. Um, but, you know, lean on the run game a little bit more. I thought the, the run game's been pretty good. I mean, even yesterday, you know, you're still running for over four and a half a carry. Jamal Williams, you know, the fumble, but he's still averaging 5.3 a carry. You know, that's something you can continue to lean on. Um, so when you ask about what's different about this offense, yeah, I think it definitely starts uh, with the quarterback position. He's just not playing at that high level we saw throughout the first four games. What's the level of frustration? I know what it would be for me, uh, but f- you get a chance to be around these guys for the offensive line, especially the tackles. When you're facing a Micah Parsons, when yeah. you're facing uh, good rushers, I would expect, and, and every quarterback is a little bit different, but the rhythm should still be the same. Some guys, most guys, seven-step drops, their back foot hits nine, and they step up to seven. Right. Some guys, you know, some of the taller guys, they'll, they'll, they'll be somewhere between nine and a half and ten, and then they'll step up to eight. And you know every time where that quarterback is going to be. Right. And with him, it just feels like sometimes I see him at eight and a half, Sometimes I see him at nine, nine and a half, and it just feels like there's inconsistency in where his back foot is, and then there's no step up. So if he's at nine and a half, he should be stepping up to seven and a half. And when I'm setting on a guy like Micah Parsons, I know exactly where I need to, what depth I need to run him by the quarterback pocket in. And I thought that Penny Sewell did a great job in terms of his sets. I know athletically. He can hang with Micah Parsons. Yeah, he's able to change direction. He's able to 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 work off the spin. He can set an anchor on a bull. He's he's got all of the athletic attributes. And for me, for him, for a young tackle, it was simply how consistent is he going to be with his sets? And I thought watching him, he did such a great job of setting, knowing where he was going to have to turn and run. And, and run Micah Parsons by the quarterback or mm. where he could set on his inside and just wait for him to come back to him. And each and every time, that's really what happened. But how how frustrated is this offensive line in just understanding where their quarterback is going to be? Yeah, they have to be. I mean, they have to be just for all the things you just said. Like, you have no idea. There's no consistency. You and even if I mean? he sets at nine and, and steps up to seven, it's that – it's that little bit of drift right or left yeah. that you're not anticipating as an offensive lineman. Right, yeah. If the ball's on the right hash, you know, the tackle's on the left tackle's on the left hash, you know, and, and the quarterback's getting hit on the left hash, you're like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. Like, that's not the middle of the pocket, you know? So um, consistency is everything when it comes to pass blocking. Now, look, as a former guard, 
I would love the quarterback to set it 10 yards every time. <laughs> give me, <laughs> yeah, yes, give me more space to get bull rush. You yeah. know what I mean? I'll love that. But it's 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 you make it so impossibly difficult on your tackles because you know, tackles, if, if you face speed rushers that all they want to do is run around the edge the whole game, great. Man, yeah, run 10 yards deep. Yeah. I'll push you by, and you know, once in a while I'll slam your head into the other defensive end's head because you guys are just running blind around the quarterback. That's great. That's a win for me. That's what I'm supposed to do. Um, when you take that away from these tackles, uh, the, the, their ability to you know run guys around the pocket because they don't know where the quarterback's going to be, you have to worry about so many different things, right? I don't want to get beat inside. I don't want to get beat outside. I don't know where he's going to be. I don't know if he's drifting in the pocket. That makes your job so much harder. And the one thing that you ask for of offensive linemen is, look, whether it's a coaching perspective or whether it's a quarterback perspective, is be consistent. You know, Label the plays that are three-step drops. Label the plays that are five-step drops. Label the plays that are seven-step drops, those deeper passes. At least if I, you know, if I hear a play that's, you know, two-jet used to be a very common protection for right. us. That was a five-step drop. You know, sometimes the quarterback would come in and say, hey, guys, uh, deep two-jet. Okay, no, I know he's going a little bit deeper now. Um, but you have to be consistent with it. And that, for me, is 100% on the quarterback because he's not consistent. And which also tells me, that the coaches aren't harping on it enough. The coaches aren't, you know, getting on him hard enough to make him understand that you can't do that to your offensive linemen. So I think it's something that that's extremely frustrating, you know, and you can tell body language, you know, watching the linemen come off the field and it's just like, what what is he doing? You know, like we're, we feel like we're getting the, the pocket is perfect. Like, why is he taking a sack there? It's just so unnecessary. Um, that's something that, you know, if I'm if I'm the coaching staff, you got to hit hard on that man because your offensive line that's a hard enough position to play as yep. is. If you don't know where your quarterback's standing, that honestly makes the job five times harder because you know you, now you, you you take away those little tools that you have uh, and resources available to you to say, okay, yeah, I'll run him by all day long, you know, because I know my quarterback's going to step up. If you don't have that confidence that he's going to be where he's at. You have no confidence in in your pass set. You, you have no confidence what in what you want to do. You don't have a plan um, because you don't know where the quarterback's going to be. So that's something that look, Jared Goff is. There's a couple times every single game where it's just like, what the hell is he doing? It's second and two. Why are you taking a ten yard sack? You know, yesterday's play. You know, perfect play call. You know, that's a touchdown. Step up in the pocket, deliver the ball downfield. That's a touchdown. You know, later in the game. Uh, you know, I'm one of the sack fumbles. I mean, that's you can't stand back there at 10 yards. And the fact that it keeps happening repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly tells me that either Goff doesn't get it or it tells me that the coaching staff isn't hitting hard enough on it. Um, and that to me is a concern because, you know, the last thing you want is, is, uh, you know, uh, disagreement and anger in the ranks. You know, you yeah. don't want the offensive line to start getting pissed at your quarterback and and things like you know. That's that's just things start to go bad when that happens. Is, but is, that's something they got to fix, man. They just have to. And it's it, to me, it's got to be on the coaching staff. Like if you step back to ten yards and you get hit, that's one thousand percent on you. And we will throw you under the bus in post game press conference. You know, because everybody, what do you hear? You know, what do most fans say? You know, oh, Jared Goff sacked. You know, well, yeah, the offensive, offensive line's line not blocking blows. anybody, right? Yeah. You know, if I'm the coach and, and Jared Goff's taking sacks like yesterday, I'm coming out and I'm sticking up for my O-line. No, protection was good. And Dan Campbell did a little bit too. You yeah. know, he did. I asked him about I asked him about it post game yesterday. 
you know, I said, uh, just Jared doesn't look confident right now in the pocket and, you know, kind of drifting around back of the pocket. And he said, yeah, that's something we got to look at. You know, if he's supposed to be at eight yards, nine yards, he's got to be there, you know, and he even mentioned he thought the offensive line played pretty well. So, um, but it hasn't, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been six games now where you see it pop up, you know, a couple times a game and it's just like, they're obviously not doing something right from the coaching perspective to hammer that home that you can't do that because, that's costing them points. That's costing them drives. You know, you can't have second and two, all of a sudden third and 12 or first and 10, you know, you get the ball rolling first and 10. Oh, now it's second and 20 because, you know, you're taking a dumb sack. You're like that. Those are drive killers, man. Now I mentioned some positives and I think you even touched on it at the beginning of, of this episode, the defense. eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. And they've moved Aiden Hutchinson around. They're trying to find where his skill set serves them best, where he can have the most success. And they've moved him from that uh, hand-in-the-dirt defensive end position, and they're using him more as a stand-up outside linebacker and not an outside linebacker of traditional sense where he's behind the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. He's in that two-point stance. Um, He's got a great view. And we saw... The most success that he had in college was when he was operating out of that two-point stance. You could see things better. You get a better view, a better feel for everything going on. And yesterday against Dallas, he was very effective. Sack and a half, 
um, which brings his total to four and a half so far through six games. And he was not just being able to get home and get sacks, but he was able to disrupt Dak Prescott a number of other times. QB hurries um, and just being around the quarterback, you could feel that Dak Prescott was not comfortable and always kind of had an eye on what was going on. Also, Josh Paschal, his first introduction to the fans. And I know he's got a long way to go, and we've, you know, there's going to be a lot more opportunity for us to see him, but the the first impression was a good one for Josh Paschal. Yeah. No, it definitely was. I thought Paschal, um, you know, made some plays early in that game that, you know, one of them was a tackle. He just kind of, you know, ran down the line of scrimmage, looked like it was going to be a, a nice chunk play and, you know, makes a tackle for three yards, you know, which is a, a positive, yep. you know. And then um, on Hutchinson's first sack, I mean, it's Pascal, you know, driving uh, all-pro right guard Zach Martin, you know, seven, eight yards deep in the pocket and not allowing Dak to step up, and that allows Hutchinson to kind of bend the edge and, and share the sack with, I think it was Anzalone, yeah. uh, which was a nice pressure in the middle as well. Um, but going back to Hutchinson, man, like this is, we've been, you know, we've been kind of hard on the kid, right? Not, not, I don't think unfair, right? Uh, but you know, uh, was, were the first five games a little bit of a disappointment? Yeah, I, I don't think it's unfair to say yes. You know, I thought, uh, we, I think we were all hoping to see a little bit more um, impact on the game, uh, which we didn't see. But you're right, man. I thought that, look, the, the adjustments that they made by moving him uh, from the strong side to the weak side, uh, you, you know, standing up in the ground, standing up instead of, you know, in the three point stance, allowing him to see the formation a little bit, right? Read the stance of the tackles a little bit more, right? There, there's always some tips that, that you can gain by doing that um, that you can't do with your hand in the dirt because you just can't see as much. I thought it was a. I thought it was a great move, man, and it looked like it paid off. Um, and the thing with Hutchinson that I really, really liked was, you know, he, he's finally starting to realize that you're not going to bull rush, you know, <laughs> NFL <O> tackles <laughs> every single play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you got to develop those those second moves, those third moves, um, second reactions where you know that's you understand that that's where you're going to win most of the time. And on his first sack, you know, it was a beautiful speed rip move. You know, he just kind of ducks down, he gets a, that left arm, he rips under the left tackle, uh, bends the corner, and gets a sack. You know, where the first five games, all we were seeing was. Him trying to bull rush guys. Yep. It's like, that's not working, man. And then, you know, the second sack, the spin move. It's like, I whoa, know, where'd that come from, man? Like, all right, now we're starting to see Seems a little so something. Much more natural. Yeah, right. And we saw him spin a little bit in the first couple games, but, you know, he just wasn't gaining any ground. He wasn't yeah. doing it the right way. Um, yesterday, he was kind of setting, he was setting tackles up for that move. You could see it. You could see, you know, I'm going to go speed, 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 and then as soon as I get him to turn his hips, like I, that's when I hit with the inside spin move. Um, so that's something that was impressive to me and encouraging was uh, we talked about it, you know, last couple of weeks was setting guys up, baiting guys, getting them to do what you want them to do, um, and understanding the situations when's the, when, when the best time uh, to do that is. I thought he took a big step forward yesterday, and uh, – you know, probably I, I think that he needed that, you know, not only for um, his confidence, but, you know, just to kind of show people that, you know, because show people he, he's still he's going to be yep. a good player, you know, and that's what we talked about. We, although he was disappointing, you know, we kept saying the guy's a hard worker. You know, I'm not betting against him to to not figure this thing out. Um, 
Now, look, with him, it's obviously uh, any rookie, it's always going to be about consistency. You know, we saw the first half of the Washington game where we were all like, holy crap, man, I think yeah. we got something. Then you disappear for three games. Uh, you know, that's something that I don't think he can afford to do again moving forward. I think he showed yesterday that he can have an impact in this game. That's something that's, you know, you, you set new expectations for yourself. So good to see him come out and, and, and make, a, make an impact on that game. And obviously with Pascal, man, I think he just brings a – uh, a different element to that defensive front that they didn't have. You know, when you look at their their linemen there with Ali McNeil and and Benito Jones and Bugs and um, you know even when Brockers were playing, those were all just kind of big dudes that just kind of eat up space. You know, uh, Pascal brings a little bit more of that quickness, a little bit more athleticism to your front uh, where you can move them around a little bit and. You know, he's just not going to be a, a, a gap filler. He's going to be able to kind of split gaps, get in the backfield a little bit, uh, generate a little bit of speed or power on the edge, which is what they've desperately been missing. Um, so I thought it was a promising, uh, you know, debut for him. And really the defense, man, I mean, you can go down the list. I thought the DBs were really, really good in the run game yesterday. Yeah. I thought Jeff Okuda played just absolutely fearless when it came to getting in the box uh, you know, well, they lined him gaps, up in the box get, a number of yeah, times. Yeah, they did. And even when he's coming off the edge, um, you know, shooting the gaps and, and just going after dudes, man, there's a couple times where some of those impacts, you're like, oh, my goodness. Like, I hope he gets up from those, you know. Yeah. Like, he's going just full speed with Zeke Elliott. And it's just like, man, he's but he's doing a nice job. Deshaun Elliott, good to see him, you know, kind of have a bounce back after, you know, went through a little bit of a benching there uh, against New England. Um, so I thought, man, there were a lot of positives defensively that that this defense can build off of. And I, I'm I'm most impressed with uh, Aaron Glenn's willingness to kind of adapt and to adjust, yeah. right? Things aren't going well. Try new things. Right? We're either going to get guys out of there, we're going to do personnel changes, we're going to do schematic changes. And look, I think anytime you bench a veteran player who's a captain on your team, um, I don't think you necessarily do that out of fear tactics. You know, you don't want the guys playing scared. Well, if I don't make a play, I'm gonna get benched too. But it's a wake up. A message. It's a wake up call. It's a message sender. You know, it's if you're not gonna go out there and produce, you're just not gonna play, guys. Like that's how it is, man. This is a hard nosed business. We got to make tough decisions. We need guys we can trust to go out there and, and produce. So uh, that looked like it probably uh, woke some guys up. You know, I think anytime you bench a, a captain on your team, that's got to wake some guys up. Hey, if they're benching, you know, a 10 year captain, you know, then my ass isn't untouchable either. You know, they're going to, you know, if I'm not producing, I'm going to be sitting as well. So that definitely was probably a wake up call for a lot of guys on that defense. Offensively, what changes have to happen uh, other than just possess the football? But I mean, how can they, how can they get Jared Goff? To be able to play with more confidence, to be able to get back to the Jared Goff that we saw in the first two weeks. I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't know. I just I think Jared Goff's got to take it upon himself to um, just realize he's got to be a whole lot better, you know. And we've seen him play at a very high level. You know, we saw the Seattle game when he didn't have St. Brown, and I don't think he had Chark that game either. Um, you know, and Hawkinson has a huge day and, uh, you know, they're running the ball and Reynolds and Raymond making plays in the passing game. Like we've seen him have success without his uh, top weapons before, you know, so I don't know how he gets back to that, that 
he's just got to, there's something about you. You just got to, you got to watch the film. You got to be brutally honest with yourself, man. Why am I running out of the pocket? Why am I dropping back to 10 yards and, and not stepping up when, you know, there's five yards of green grass in front of me that I can just step up, and make that play. Why, you know what I mean? Like, why, why am I not doing those things? And from the coaching perspective, like, do you expect to see any changes at the quarterback position? I don't. I mean, what are you going to trust Nate Sudfeld to go in there? Um, but I'll tell you, I wouldn't be surprised if Jared Goff keeps playing the way he is, not only, you know, missing plays down the field, but also turning the ball over at an alarming rate. Like, you might not give the coaches a choice but yeah. to try something different. Um, so that's a question, man. I just – he's in a funk right now. You know, he's in a funk. And we saw him go through it a little bit last year uh, early in the season and, you know, eventually snap out of it a little bit. But um, to me, it almost looks like he's trying to do too much. You know what I mean? Like when he yeah. played when yesterday when he was playing on time and when they got the short passing game going and he was hitting those slants and he was hitting those quick in routes and uh, you know, the, the the just little short intermediate passing game, like it looked like he was, you know, finding a rhythm there. You know, and the, and he made a great strike. I think it was a play of third and you know, twelve or fifteen or something. He throws an absolute dart to Khalif Raymond for the first down. Like that's what you need more of, you know. Um, so it's not that he can't do it. It's just that he's got to do it on a more consistent level. And um, but but it's just the simple things, man. It's just the easy things, you know. Not drifting back in the pocket, hitting your back, hitting your back foot on your on your drop back, and not drifting. You know, stepping forward a little bit, trusting your offensive line that they're going to protect you. I think those are just uh, simple things where it comes to. Uh, mentally for him that he's just got to start trusting a little bit more. And you know what? If he comes out and he says, you know, hey, guys, that's on me, you know, blah, 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 whatever. Like, you, you got to you – know, offensive lineman, you got to make sure you're not getting pissed off at the guy where, you know, that starts to affect your play either. Um, you got to make sure if he comes out and says, guys, I'm going to trust you, blah, blah, all this stuff. You get, you, offensive line, you got to make sure you're still doing your job. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, I, to me, it, it just – I mean – have you played with guys that have been in a funk? Like, do you know, like, some secret recipe? Like, here's how we get you out of it. Here's what we got to do. Like, to me, it just starts with the mental part of it, of the little things, the fundamentals, the techniques, you know, the holding the ball high in the pocket, the stepping up in the pocket. Like, those should be simple things that he's making. He's not doing simple. He, you know, he's making those really hard right now. So it seems like an easy fix. But if you got no confidence, man, and if you're mentally just – you know, I don't want to say broken, but a little battered right now. Well, how do you snap for his out confidence, of that? It's it, it'll come with you know, and we've seen this uh, for the most part with the Lions that opening drive. You know, scripted. You get yeah. you get your quarterback some confidence with some completions. Um, they're going to have a couple of games at home, uh, and hopefully, just you know, being at home uh, will will give him you know some comfortable surroundings, familiar surroundings. Uh, but uh, it, it doesn't get any easier. There's no reserves that are coming uh, to save the day for the Lions because the Miami Dolphins will be in town this weekend to Atunga Bailoa. Uh, and obviously we know the receiving core that they have, the speed they have with Jalen Waddle, Tariq Hill. I mean, it's it's going to be a challenge. So uh, yeah. hopefully we'll get a chance uh, later in the week to break down this matchup. Uh, but we do appreciate you listening, and we want to make sure that uh, we continue to bring the content that you want. So like, subscribe. Uh, and you can give us some content or some comments, some feedback, so we know that uh, we're hitting the mark. And we'll talk to you later in the week that you've been listening to Necessary Roughness.